Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. And I'm Ada Shen in Paris. Let me apologize for my voice today, folks. I'm at an academic conference, so there's been a lot of spirited discussion and maybe a little bit of late night drinking. Anyway, first, the news. High-level U.S. officials are visiting Beijing this week for yet another round of trade talks. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin will be in China Thursday and Friday for the eighth round of negotiations. Meanwhile, China's Vice Premier Liu He is set to visit Washington in a few weeks. The Trump administration has sent mixed messages to what exactly its demands are, but the trade dispute largely centers around China's alleged theft of U.S. trade secrets, its forcing companies to transfer technology in exchange for market access, and what the White House says is China's unfair control of imports. An explosion at a chemical plant in eastern China has killed at least 64 people and seriously injured nearly 100. The blast occurred Thursday afternoon at a plant run by Tianjiayi Chemical in a coastal city of Jiangsu province. Jiangsu produces much of China's agricultural chemicals. The factory is located in a crowded industrial park, and there are concerns about exposure to toxic chemicals, including benzene, the component that allegedly caused the explosion. Benzene is commonly used to make plastics and fibers and is naturally found in oil and gasoline. Exposure to it is known to cause cancer. A worker told Caixin that a fire started in a truck carrying natural gas and expanded to tanks storing benzene. The worker said the area outside the facility was chaotic, with people rushing to escape. The government has not officially announced the cause of the blast, but an undisclosed number of company employees have been detained. The development of the so-called Jingjingji cluster is lagging behind other major city integration projects, a new government report has found. Jingjingji is a planned city cluster that will integrate Beijing, nearby Tianjin, and Hebei province. It is tapped to become one of three of what China calls world-class integrated city clusters, along with the Yangtze River Delta and the Pearl River Delta Greater Bay Area. The city clusters are major integration projects that aim to boost urbanization and national development. 
The projects aim to connect multiple smaller cities, easing transport between them and integrating their economic development. Officials said the leading problem for the Jingjingji cluster was the underdevelopment of much of Hebei province. The Jingjingji region already accounts for about 10% of China's national economy, and once the integration is completed, it will form an enormous interconnected megalopolis nearly the size of the United Kingdom. Electric car maker Tesla is suing a former engineer who left the company to join a rival Chinese startup, accusing him of stealing trade secrets, including source code. The defendant, Chao Guangzhi, worked for Tesla's elite autopilot team before returning to China to work for Xiaopeng or Xpeng Motors, according to the lawsuit. Tesla filed the lawsuit a day after suing four other employees over similar allegations, highlighting the importance it places on key proprietary technologies like those used for self-driving cars. Tesla alleged that Cao began uploading complete copies of autopilot-related source code, totaling more than 300,000 files to his personal iCloud account long before he left the company on January 4th. He allegedly deleted more than 120,000 files that month and disconnected his iCloud account from his Tesla-issued computer two weeks after receiving a written employment offer from the Chinese startup Xpeng. By his last day at Tesla, Cao had cleared all his browser history according to the suit. Tesla did not list Xpeng as a defendant, but alleges the Chinese startup had, quote, reportedly designed its vehicles around Tesla's open source patents and transparently imitated Tesla's design, technology, and even its business model, close quote. The Silicon Valley tech giant further alleged that Xpeng introduced autopilot-like features and now employs at least five of Tesla's former autopilot employees, including Cao. A police officer is currently being tried in Hunan province for taking more than $6 million in bribes over seven years in order to change individuals' driving records. Officer Xiao, while policing traffic in the capital city of Changsha, worked with agents to find drivers who wished to scrub their records to avoid fines and punishment, charging them for the service. Xiao also illegally granted violators vehicles with punishment waivers, which are supposed to be exclusively given to special purpose vehicles such as police cars and ambulances in exchange for bribes, a local court said. One agent told the court that Xiao could take up to $350 per record change request. How that adds up to $6 million? Wow, my God. Hong Kong residents have been cleared to open mainland accounts at Bank of China's Hong Kong branches under a pilot program without having to visit the mainland. China's central bank said the move is a part of the integration of financial services in the development of the Greater Bay Area, a grand plan to integrate Hong Kong, Macau, and nine southern mainland cities in Guangdong province into a leading economic and innovation hub. Having mainland accounts will make travel more convenient for Hong Kong residents as many mobile service apps such as ride-sharing and food delivery require links to Chinese bank accounts. Bank of China said customers will be able to link their accounts to ubiquitous mainland mobile payment systems such as WeChat Pay and Alipay. In your movers and shakers news, China Construction Bank, China's second largest bank by assets, is getting a new president. Liu Guiping is replacing 60-year-old Wang Zuji, who is retiring. Liu, 52, built his career at the Agricultural Bank of China, another of China's big four state-owned banks, where he worked for 25 years. 
In 2016, he became vice mayor of Chongqing in an early example of the trend of bankers being sent out to provincial posts to beef up financial regulation. Hong Kong real estate tycoon Li Shaoqi, or Li Zhaoji, 91, who is one of the wealthiest men in the world, is handing over the reins of Henderson land development to his sons. If and when Li steps down, he will become the latest of Hong Kong's big four property tycoons to pass the baton to the next generation. The special administrative region's richest man, Li Ka-shing, handed the reins of C.K. Hutchison to his son last March. And in your irony of the day, the head of the anti-corruption department in Shanxi province has himself been put under investigation for, of course, corruption. Sources said that Chen Wangjun, head of anti-corruption in the city of Xianyang, had been aware of the impending investigation against him and had considered committing suicide. Earlier this month, a suicide note he had allegedly written was circulated online. Chen is the second high-level official in Shanxi's disciplinary system to be investigated recently. In August, former director of the province's Corruption Prevention Commission was placed under investigation. Speaking of personnel changes, the former deputy editor-in-chief at state-run People's Daily, Liu Qining, has been appointed deputy director at China's liaison office in Hong Kong. The office is considered Beijing's formal representation in Hong Kong. Liu, 52, graduated from the country's prestigious Peking University with a degree in Chinese language and literature, then worked for People's Daily for almost 28 years until the new appointment. In 2009, Liu became the first woman to head the People's Daily's commentaries department. She was promoted to deputy editor-in-chief in 2014. During her years at the outlet, Liu was a major contributor to commentary articles bylined Ren Zhongping, an internal writers group well-known for opinions on social issues and policy. Liu also led interpretations of Xi Jinping's quotes for Xi Jinping Yongdian, a collection of the president's sayings and ideas adopted from ancient Chinese classics. Thanks, Ada. This week, we're joined from Beijing by Tanner Brown, breaking news editor for Caixin Global and, of course, co-producer of this program. Tanner, man, great to have you back on, and I understand you're going to be telling us about a mysterious, opulent villa built illegally, I presume, in the middle of a national park in Dongbei. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, Doug coming on this week and, and boring us with um, with Xiaomi's latest earnings report, I thought I would just uh, go through this short, funny, it's just a rather strange story about um, bizarre, f- ornate villa, or really kind of a complex of villas um, that are in the middle of this government-protected forest zone in northeast China. And it turns out this structure... It's been around for quite a while, but was never authorized. So it's basically illegal. And just further details have emerged about it. You know, for U.S. listeners, you might imagine uh, a private citizen, you know, felling trees and damaging some environmental structures in Yellowstone National Park. Some bigwig could illegally build some bizarre, you know, villa for some private purposes. In this case, uh, it's in Heilongjiang province in the northeast, um, and there's a forest zone. It's a government-protected zone, kind of like a state or national park. Uh, it's called the Zhangguangcailing Forest Zone. And, um, you know, it's it's beautiful. There's wildlife. Uh, it's full of huge old trees. Yet in the midst of this reserve, 
there's this um, ornate sort of ancient st- Chinese style built complex of buildings that have, have apparently been around for about four, 14 years, again, with no approval. And there has long been very little information publicly about who or what was behind them and why it continued to exist. Uh, but it turns out in one of the, the bigger buildings, there are these um, stuffed rare animals. There's a, a mammoth skeleton. There are these pricey-looking sculptures. There's some art. It kind of looks like a museum, but for over a decade, it's been completely private and out of the reach of visitors, uh, and again, unauthorized. So it was just a bizarre curiosity. So tell us more about the government's involvement here. What's going on here, and uh, why were they out of the loop or, or turning a blind eye to this? The staying power of the, this complex is kind of a testament to the failure of local officials to resolve the issue, whether through connections, corruption, or just incompetence. Apparently, some news reports had said that three times officials had ordered, ordered this place, they call it Tao Garden, to be sort of, you know, dismantled or shut down and for the whoever's behind it to pay fines. But each time, nothing happened. The building still stood and sat there gathering dust. However, we're writing about it this week because um, uh, a high-level conference got together in, in Heilongjiang, and they've demanded that, that the city government investigate uh, and seriously punish those responsible. And CCTV uh, had a report just this week that apparently... They know who, who's behind it. It's a, it's a guy, Cao Bo, uh, who runs a private company. He's probably rather wealthy. He claims he uh, legally acquired the rights to this area long ago where there, when it was a horse ranch. And he, he sort of con, you know, knocked a bunch of stuff down and changed it into this sort of rich person's villa w- without authorization. So, so there's a couple of details about you know whether he legally has access to the area. He also denied that the complex is private, though when you go there, there's, you're not allowed in, there's no one there, it's locked, and it always has been for 14 years. So this investigative team that's been dispatched is, 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 uh, is looking into Tao, and, um, and they're supposed to release some uh, findings soon, so... Well, that is indeed bizarre, and I hope that you will clue us in as we learn more about this mystery. Thanks, Tanner. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Excision Seneca Business Brief is powered by SubChina and is produced by Kaiser Guo and Tanner Brown with stories from the staff of Excision Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Li Xin of Excision Global and to Spring and Autumn and Yufei for the music. Be sure to check out all the other shows about contemporary China in the expanding Sinica network. And be sure to follow the news from China every day at SupChina. Subscribe to our newsletter at subchina.com. Take care.